battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron sword. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? And thanks for tuning into this special episode of the Piercing Wizard Podcast. I'll guess that we have lots of our returning listeners this week, but also lots of new ones too because of the subject matter and my guest this week. And that is John Cattell from Neo Metal Body Jewelry. Uh, Neo Metal recently made uh, a controversial announcement that they are now in the Body Art Alliance, and one of the other companies in that partnership is Painful Pleasures. And I think I probably had a, a similar emotional reaction when I heard that news uh, that a lot of you had. The conflicting thought process of this is a vendor I've dealt with for years that I really rely on in my studio, and they're partnered up with another company that I'm not uh, I'm not making orders from, and uh, maybe their products aren't necessarily what I wanted to carry in my studio. So it's kind of a difficult thought process, and I saw a, a really emotional, passionate, uh, and in some places angry response to that uh, that announcement in the Body Modification Learning Forum. Realized that in that extremely hectic day where Neo Metal was trying to keep up and uh, answer all those questions and put out as much information as possible, John took some time out of his day and, and came on the show and recorded the interview you're about to hear. Uh, I asked him a, a lot of different questions. I always wanted to make a Neo Metal episode, and this is not necessarily the the way that I wanted to go about it. I, I'm happy with the episode, uh, but originally, you know, years ago, I tried to put together an interview with Mark Sikirsky, and after his untimely passing, uh, I started to develop a relationship with John, talking to him at conference and asking him questions if I needed more information about their jewelry. And having them on the show, you know, I really wanted to ask him all my dream questions. Uh, tell me the history of your company, the family history. You know, they used to make body jewelry for Gauntlet, all these things. Uh, but I also did ask him some of the hard questions, you know. Um, is the manufacturing going to be changing? Is the material going to be changing? You know, all, all these different things with these new corporate ties. So realize that I'm trying to put this out there as a piece of journalism. I'm trying to remain impartial. I have no gods, no masters. I am my own boss. I am not paid by any of these companies. Uh, I put out the Piercing Wizard podcast for free. Uh, and I am an APP member. So that means I have a certain set of minimum standards that I am not willing to deviate from. And I would imagine there are plenty of other piercers out there who might feel the same way. So I wanted to get this information out there to uh, maybe try to ease your minds a little bit. I think the, a lot of the information that I got from John in this interview also eased my mind. Uh, but I will certainly leave that up to you to make your own decisions about uh, your own business practices and the jewelry you carry in your own shops. So I don't want to waste a lot of time with the introduction this week, so let's just go ahead and get into the interview with John Cattell from Neometal, and I'll be back a bit more at the end. I am John Cattell of Neometal Body Jewelry. Um, you can find us on social media via Neometal Body Jewelry, um, and then online at neometal.com. So I, I've been trying to, to get you on the show for a little while, and before I've been trying to get you on the show for a while, I tried to get Mark on the show for a while, so mm -hmm. um, I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me a little bit, and there are some, um, some major uh, moments of growth happening with Neometal right now that uh, I definitely want to talk about, and I'm sure the industry is, is really interested to hear more information about, but before we get into that stuff, um, tell me a little bit about the history of Neo Metal because I think I think your brand is one of those brands where it's people's um, maybe sometimes first high quality body jewelry vendor that they're working with sometimes they might jump straight from uh, external thread jewelry into threadless jewelry so I think people might know the uh, the ease of use and things like that but they might not know much of like the company history so what can you what can you tell us about where Neo Metal came from it's a it's a long and colorful history. Um, it it actually started um, it start it was started by my in laws Sue and Ted Sikirsky. Um At the time, 
my father-in-law it goes way back to being an engineer at Pacific Gas and Electric. Um, Ted was working there, and they had some they had some layoffs, and he took a voluntary retirement with them. And he used his engineering prowess to assist his brother by managing his brother Greg's machine shop in California. Well, they were all in California at that time. Um, so at the time, that machine shop. They, they kind of specialized in um, dental implants and machining really tiny titanium and stainless parts um, for the medical industry. They were more of a job shop, um, doing doing work here and there, but not necessarily, you know, nothing like manufacturing their own stuff to sell. Um, at the time, one of the machinists knew somebody who knew Jim Ward. And as many of you know, Jim Ward started Gauntlet. And back then in the mid-90s, Gauntlet was growing like crazy. And they needed assistance with, um, with machining these types of metals. And it just so happens that Norsco, the name of the machine shop, um, had expertise in that field. So... They were making jewelry for or for Gauntlet for a few years, and then Gauntlet filed for bankruptcy, and um, the machine shop is holding I don't know my I don't know how many thousands of parts of jewelry, but it was substantial, and they were going to be left with it uh, to write off. So Ted, my father-in-law, calls my mother-in-law Sue and says who at the time was working part-time at, at Macy's and um, they were kind of their daughter, who's my wife. She had just left for college. Um, Mark was still in high school, but kind of helping out with a business here and there. Um, but Sue, well, Sue was working part-time at Macy's in the lingerie department. And Ted asked her, Hey, can you, get on the phone and call around and try to try to unload some of this jewelry that was left by this client of ours. Um, and she said, you want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> so that's really how Neo metal started as kind of a reaction to just trying to recoup some of the cost involved in this, um, in this gauntlet jewelry that they had produced. And you still have some some old gauntlet style stuff kind of sitting in, I, I guess you could maybe call it storage or archive or however you want to refer to it. And I, I've seen a little bit of it, and uh, it, it's neat to have that kind of connection to kind of the the zenith of our industry and, and the modern day of our industry. Yeah, I have what I call a very enviable reliquary. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, yeah, it's a rich history. I've got old gauntlet pamphlets. Um, so yeah, I've so we've been immersed in this history, and a lot of people don't know that we started by making jewelry for Gauntlet. Um, so how so, did yeah. how did um, how did the threadless concept come about then? Because Gauntlet was was pretty firmly based in threaded jewelry, and, and where did the where did the concept of the the threadless jewelry start to come in? Well, the threadless jewelry um, trends in body jewelry, kind of going from the the San Francisco roots of the gauntlet um, product offering and as it became more and more popular um, the request for um, the size of the jewelry to get smaller and smaller was surfacing more and more with Sue and Ted as they were selling the jewelry to local studios in the Bay Area and then it branched off and and kind of they grew into different markets other piercers were getting used to it and it just kind of grew organically from that point. Um, but as the trends got smaller and smaller, Ted was being asked to make, Hey, can you, can you go from 16 to 18? And he's like, Oh, I'm not sure. Let's internally threading that. And just from an engineering perspective, he saw the, the issues with stripping threads and just the complication of machining at that, at that size and tolerance. Um, 
So the threadless concept actually was born out of almost laziness of not wanting to machine those intricate parts. Um, so Ted was noodling on a design and thought, you know, why do we want to thread this? Let's think beyond. We know what they want to accomplish, but we're not convinced that threading is the right way to do this. Um, so he and Gray kind of sat down and were sketching and noodling on some designs. And, and then the concept came first with a 13 gauge threadless. And many of you remember the fat pin with that little indent in the middle, mm-hmm. um, almost looks like a little nodule on the tip of it. Um, at first the threadless concept was that thickness throughout, but Sue couldn't bend it. She's like, no one's going to be able to bend this. Why don't you make it skinnier in the middle so people can bend the jewelry? Um, so that was the first iteration of, of threadless jewelry was the 16 gauge. Um, and then from there, the, the the desire to go even smaller, hey, well, 18 gauge is really popular now, and can you make this 18? So what they did is they just took the thickness of that metal piece, extended it through the whole pin, and you've got an 18 gauge piece. But that was, it was probably, if I could go back and have some influence at the beginning, don't create this 18 gauge pin, 16 gauge pin, 14 gauge pin with all the matching counterboards. Let's just do it with a skinny pin. Sure. And that's, that's inevitably what we decided to do. What was it like six years ago, five years ago that Mm -hmm. we went with a universal system so that you guys wouldn't have to order 18, 16 and 14. Um, and I didn't have to hand type all that, (laughs) all those codes into QuickBooks while I was on the phone with everybody. I think some people um, might have might have started to think, well, maybe it'll be less secure because I need this for whatever, whatever. But then when people mm-hmm. started using that universal like 25 gauge pin, um, I think everybody just started to see, well, okay, this is made out of titanium. This is machined mm-hmm. really well. It's really consistent. There is no weak point. So this isn't going to, the end isn't going to fall off. The pin isn't going to break on any of that stuff. And now you see pretty much it's, it's industry wide. It's, it's a universal mm-hmm. uh, pin coupling which if we get credit for that or not, <laughs> the fact that it is kind of the industry standard now is a, is a huge compliment to the legacy of our company. So, well, um, I definitely don't, I don't think anybody could deny that you were the innovators on that concept. You know, you were the, the patent holder for years, you were the industry leader for years, uh, and it was really the only source of that jewelry for years. And now that mm-hmm. other people have been able to explore that space, um, I, I, Maybe if there's piercers that are just getting into it this year or something, yeah. they might not they might not understand the the origins of it because it might just be oh well there's threaded and there's threadless and you know mm-hmm. it just exists. Uh, but the people who have seen it through the last three years, five years, ten years, twenty years, um, they 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 know that you're gonna be the the one to credit for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um it's very flattering, and we're uh, we're proud to have offered that to the industry. So what kind of background did the family have? Was it, uh, was it machining or, or was, was there a kind of a, a passion for body piercing or did they, did they learn the industry through, through their manufacturing process? They, they learned the industry through answering the phone consistently and, and listening. And, um, you know, Sue in the early days, um, People have a lot of really fond memories of of Sue and working with her, and she was almost like an extension of their family, like another mom, <laughs> and uh, she was just really endeared. Um, but through her listening and learning about what people wanted to solve with her jewelry, um, and then the introduction of, of Mark Sikirsky, um, into the business, uh, he really listened and he was influential with design changes and adding gems to the jewelry. Like that was, you know, Sue and Ted are, are very liberally minded, but conservative in nature when it comes to pushing 
the comfort level of change mm-hmm. and yeah, we should add gems to these, to these balls by making a bezel like, Oh, no one needs gems. And then Brian Skelly says, Hey, you see these gems that you have <laughs> in your nostril screws? Uh, you just want to do that in this. Oh, okay. Let's, let's give that a try. Um, so yeah, a lot of it was, um, really reactive to what the clients were asking for. And, but yeah, the, in terms of history with, um, body jewelry, zero, Hmm. um, history with machining and manufacturing and design, Ted still to this day is surrounded by napkin sketches that, you know, he actually has Parkinson's now. So they're getting, uh, they're getting a little shakier, but he can't, he can't stop creating. Hmm. Um, at one point, he had, he was managing Neo-Metal. He had a copper landscape light company. And he was manufacturing aluminum sport fishing boats up here in Kingston. A um, weird combination of things to be into. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark was, I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm a few steps away from being a stilt salesman. But, you know, why not add it to the pile? Sure. Um but yeah, he just, he's a designer first. Um, and yeah, definitely a, a lot of passion within the family. And, uh, so it's, I'm very fortunate to have them as my, uh, as my extended family. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, I guess that just the concept, something as simple as it's a pin and not a thread. Some people might not really think about how much of a huge innovation that was and how much of an influence it's had on on my side, on our side of it as a body piercer. Uh, it's It's much more streamlined for the process so you can perform piercings in this way where it's minimally traumatic to the client and it's this ease of install and it's this like massive versatility of of end pieces and sales opportunities and all these different things and to think that it just it came from the mind of someone who didn't grow up in the body piercing industry that it was someone who was an engineer and and just kind of thought like well you know does it need to screw on or does it just need to to stay on you know um Mm -hmm. so something like that it 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 might seem so small and in one way but if you really step back and look at it that that was probably one of the the biggest advances in the body piercing industry in the last 20 years. Yes, it's um <clears throat> it's funny the the success of the company and you, you said ease of use. Um I think one of the things we can attribute a lot of our growth to is what is popularly referred to as the picture. Right. You know yeah. what the picture is? Yeah. Christina Schull's triple forward helix in black and white. Yep. Um that concept of multiple piercings and just your ability to be fast and to not, okay, well, let me, hold on, still threading this one. (laughs) Eyes are watering. And so your ability to work quickly, uh, not only to the benefit of your time, but the benefit of your client, just the process going super fast. It's it's a lot more than just super fast too, because it's, um, there are plenty of piercers out there where they'll always say like, well, I, I, I'm never going to be able to thread on a 1.5 millimeter gem or maybe even a two millimeter gem, you know, especially onto an 18 gauge, maybe quarter inch post in something like a Ford Helix. So I think it was almost a, a, a symbiotic relationship between that the, the growth of your company, the expansion of our industry, um, and with that trend in particular. And, and Chrissy definitely deserves a ton of credit for that because the, the triple forward helix was one of the first trends that I can really remember in my in my career where there were people walking through the door that were never into body piercing before. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were like, hey, I want this. And they were holding up that picture on their cell phone uh, that anybody had seen like a thousand times over. But they might not have gone for it if all we had in the case was big, clunky, 90s-style threaded jewelry. The fact that it was this tiny little delicate thing that was it was creating like a crossover between mm-hmm. um, just jewelry and fashion and creativity, and, and it, it was making it a lot more accessible to a lot of people, both on the piercer side and the piercee side. Yeah. 
I remember getting calls in those early days. Yep, pierced another sorority today. <laughs> One girl came in with her nose pierced, and the next day I had another 12, 12 girls in here to get the yeah. same piercing. Um, so with the family history, because I remember when I when I first wanted to take take a chance and and start ordering uh, body jewelry you could care about. You know, for a long time, it was just like, well, I'm going to order this stuff out of the back of a tattoo magazine and, and whatever. But then when I had exposure to the APP and conference and I started to learn, okay, this is what makes body jewelry different. This is high quality. This is whatever. Uh, Neo Metal was one of the first companies that I took a chance on. And I remember calling and uh, back when you could actually like call in and order because it was only five pieces or 10 pieces. Um, and Sue picked up and I was like, uh, just to be straight with you, like, I have no idea what I'm trying to order, but I, I know that I want to order some Neo metal. So what do you normally mm -hmm. sell people? And she kind of held my hand through that process and said, well, you know, it's very popular with nostrils. Why don't you try this size? And I would get that in. And, and then I had to kind of learn how to, how to sell it and how to talk to people about it. And then when, when it started to click with customers and I got to really kind of start to do some aggressive growth with, with my Neo metal line, uh, that was the game changer for me. Like there were other major, major milestones in my career, but Neo Metal was really the the first vendor that really started to change my shop because it was just it was changing the way that people looked at the body jewelry that I carried, and then it kind of grew into um, all right, your orders are definitely getting too big to just do over the phone, so why don't you email them in? And then it was like okay, my, my son is going to start helping out with these orders. And then it was, you'd, you'd call uh, to ask a question or something. And then you'd get that like Neo metal. This is Mark, you know, and uh, Neo metal. This is Mark. Yeah. And you know, that, that personal touch is something that, you know, I, I'm realistic. I know that companies grow, demand grows and that you have to adapt and change with the times. Um, but the fact that it was a family that cared about, the overall family of the industry really meant something to me, you know, developing a friendship with Mark over the years and being really shaken up by his, by his passing, you know, one of those faces that you would see every year at conference and that you would have mm -hmm. this great conversation with and not there anymore. Eventually, you know, meeting you at conference and you kind of carrying that, that torch for the company. Um, I still plan to pour all, all my passion into this company, which I've, uh, been doing a lot of this morning and I, I totally I totally understand. I I well, empathize with I empathize with my clients always and um yeah I've you all have meant a lot to me. In fact I miss I miss speaking to my clients so much. Um but if I were to pick up the phone today, Amber would say, Get the fuck off that phone. Don't even <laughs> don't <laughs> don't talk to you. You're gonna promise something faster than they're supposed to get <laughs> But I want everyone to be happy. Well, that's, so. I, I think, another one of those signs of uh, success when the people that, like, work for you and with you are, are telling you how to do your job because, like, they all care just as much mm -hmm. about the, the end result as you do. They really do. Yeah. I've got, I'm, I'm very blessed to have an amazing team and I, and I don't tell them that enough. How many, um, how many but... people are under the Neo Metal umbrella as far as staff goes? <clears throat> Between manufacturing and all of our phones, filming, polishing, I think not as sure with the Norsco side, but I think we have about seventy people total. Wow, wow! And like, what's that? What's that growth been in the last couple of years? Because you know, we've, we've all felt the, the pinch of wait times and then we've, we've luckily we've felt it kind of being alleviated over the last few months or the last year or so. But mm -hmm. you know, there was that point where the orders would go from, okay, you'll have it in two weeks to two months to four months maybe. And now it's kind of coming back down where it's, you know, back down to like around a, a month or so. So what, mm -hmm. what's the growth been like over, let's say the, the last five years, what was the, what was the growth process? So we actually haven't, we've actually decreased in headcount um, from, I'd say, about three or four years ago. Um, we were relying so much on um, inefficient polishing techniques, um, not really having the investment in our employees, tons of turnaround. Um, 
but as it stands right now, we we just made a huge investment in our in our employees and giving them the ability to be cross trained in different things and to be able to serve the company in an agile fashion. Hey, we need help in the wash. All right, I'm going to come out of QC. I'm going to do the wash. We need somebody to to polish these pieces real quick. Oh, and these gens need to be set. So instead of somebody's absence really crippling us like it did before, uh, we made an investment in our employees, and we have actually not had um, none of our employees currently have been with us for less than one year. So we we've been retaining employees, and um, yeah, we have a we have a great group. That's great. That's great. And it's definitely appreciated because, uh, you know, when you, when you're in a groove where you think like, Oh yeah, it's no problem. I can get jewelry in three to four weeks. And then you, you kind of start to have to rechange your, your business model and you have to start rethinking things and be like, well, now it's three or four months. What am I going to do? And for, there was a, you know, a solid one or two year period where people were losing hair or the hair that they yeah. had was going gray or something, you know, and now that things are, are, are stabilizing, I think it's a lot easier for people to, to grow their own businesses. And I'm sure there were a lot of growing pains for you. And, um, you know, what you mentioned earlier, there, there are a lot of changes in, in Neo metal right now. So, um, what, what can you tell me about some of the, uh, some of the new changes for the, for the company? Well, you might've noticed that we've been at four weeks now for over a year, maybe at a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's intentional. Uh, previously we were kind of chasing our tail and well, if we can catch up, let's catch up. Mind you, we're ten weeks out, so when we catch up, I'm taking, I'm taking your metaphorical business under my arm, and I'm just jamming jewelry down your throat. Right. And like, wait, why are people upset? Because they're getting all this jewelry. Um, I had a really good conversation with Bethra, and she she said, John, I don't care if you're ten weeks out. I don't care if you're next day. Just keep it consistent. I cannot run my business not knowing when I'm going to get this jewelry. I just need to be able be able to rely on something. Right. Um, so we got to that position of confidently being at four weeks, even if we could go to three or two. We're not going to chase that. And to better serve you guys, staying consistent was more important than putting out fires. Um, mm -hmm. We can still put out fires here and there. But it is our intention, because currently, I'll just say it, we're in QuickBooks. We've been in QuickBooks from day one. We have over 1,500 clients, and we're managing them all in QuickBooks. It is always on the edge of breaking. Um, mm. And I just didn't have any clue of what to do. Mark and I tried, um, we tried one solution. We got really close to implementing it. And I was like, oh, we can't do this, and it's not going to support this. Um, but in the very near future, we're going to be on an ERP system, which is Enterprise Resource Planning, to know what our real-time sales are, because it goes directly into that software. And our manufacturing facility doesn't currently have a view into our current sales. So unless I tell them, they're flying blind. But this integration is going to help our in-house manufacturing to be able to know exactly what to make and what quantity at the right time mm -hmm. and to stay at a stock level to keep us well-stocked in all of our staples and in a position to be able to fill orders. I want to get down to under a week. Wow. I don't want to do it overnight because even if I could, that's not going to serve a lot of my clients who have existing orders who have budgeted on four weeks. Um, but my plan is to bridge the gap very quickly hmm. with, I mean, within reason. That, that, that's, a, that's a huge goal. I mean, I think it'll have a, a great impact on the, the, the industry, but that, yeah, that's a huge goal. So what are, what are some of the things uh, you're doing? Because we talked a little bit about... Uh, new partnerships you have and, and um, you know, uh, Sue kind of stepping back from, from the management side of it. So what about, uh, what about those kind of changes with the, with the industry? Because I know that there are probably a lot of people out there who are, 
nervous to hear about change. Mm-hmm. So I was in a position of Sue and Ted long overdue for retirement. Um, you know, Ted with his advancing Parkinson's, you know, coming in and QCing jewelry and packaging up boxes, like go live, go live your life. Don't, <laughs> don't do this. We've got it. Um, and then, so they had me as somebody who could carry the torch which I, I totally up to doing and am loving it. The manufacturing side, on the other hand, was Uncle Greg. He didn't have that support in place, and the manager of his shop was also looking to retire. Hey, John, why don't you, uh, why don't you run your business and our business and <laughs> potentially sink them both? Um, that wasn't their that wasn't their pitch, but that was my immediate reaction. Is I this is too big for me. Sure, um, that's a, I mean that's neo a huge metal job. neo metal without Mark and Sue is too big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't manage a single person five years ago. I was a graphic designer working at Zillow as a user experience designer, creating product pages for shopping for a house online. Um, but I did not have any experience running a company of this size. Mm-hmm. Um, but given that, I think I've done a pretty good job up to this point. Um, but the decision to partner with some of these other companies enables me to have the support of people that already have a foothold in the industry who come at their companies not as an outsider, but somebody who knows the industry from when they started long ago. Um, they know a lot of the intricacies of shipping internationally. I don't, we ship, well, I ship internationally to all of my customers, but every single one of my customers is paying, you know, 80 to 130 bucks for shipping. Um, I think with this partnership, having an option, for international distribution is going to be great for growing our business. And it's going to be great for the international clients who are like, oh, crap, I need five Labrette posts. Well, if I order from Neo Metal, I have to add this much more to make $70 shipping worthwhile. International distribution is going to be huge for even our existing clients as an option. Mm-hmm. I'm blind. I just I don't know anything about setting that up. So these partners are going to be really influential with, uh, with assisting with that. So... I see tons of positive growth in that in that direction. So when it when it comes to partnerships, uh, maybe you can kind of clarify for people because. Uh, and, and do you want to say any of the the names of the companies you partnered with? Oh yeah, we partnered. So our partnership is is the Body Art Alliance, and the Body Art Alliance consists of four different companies and many of our. Um, many of the brands underneath these companies. Um, but the players are Neo Metal, and our machining side is pretty much within Neo Metal, um, but that's Norsco. And then there is Painful Pleasures, which many of my clients know and have a very strong opinion about. Um, FK Irons, they are a manufacturer of um, tattoo machines, it is not a tattoo gun, which I learned. It is a tattoo machine. Never say it again. Um, they also do a lot of work with uh, machines that serve the permanent makeup industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaston's wife, Lulu, she's actually um, really big. She's a really big influencer in that space. And um, it's been fascinating for me to just learn about, you know, because I see a lot of my piercing clients that have that offer that in their shop and I'm Mm. seeing a lot of it happen. So I know it is a related industry that, um, it would be good for me to know more about. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Gaston does at FK irons. Um, he does all of his manufacturing domestically. Um, so he and I kind of see that as an important thing to, um, to carry on and influence, 
some of the other companies within this partnership. Um, and we're very passionate about that. Um, the, the last partner in the group is World Famous Tattoo. Um, they have a number of different companies. Um, I know that Soho Inc., uh, their shop in New York, they have been... Um, Lou Rubino, he's been buying jewelry from Neo Metal ever since I first started taking orders, probably many years before that. So um, I think he's been with us for at least a decade. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of crossover already, and I'm looking forward to the opportunities that we have um, drawing from everybody's strengths for the betterment of the community. So I think like the, the biggest bite that I want to take off of this sandwich is just talking about the, the painful pleasures connection, because I think that's the one where, as you said, people are very passionate in their opinions, especially when it comes to body piercers, especially when it comes to body piercers on the internet. Mm -hmm. And what's some of the information that you would want those piercers to have to make them feel a little bit more comfortable with this partnership? Because the, the first things that I would hear, um, and not to, to knock any of these companies because uh to you know to be honest I don't, I don't i'm not dealing with them so i don't know the good the bad or the neutral of, of any of them individually so mm -hmm. um but when people think painful pleasures in relation to body jewelry they might think think things that are made overseas um that maybe have uh, uh might not be aligned with um, maybe APP membership criteria or things like that. So, um, do you have do you have any intention of changing your manufacturing process because of this partnership? I have zero intention of changing my manufacturing process. Um, our jewelry will continue to be manufactured at Norsco. Um, Norsco has a lot of space in which to grow and expand. Um, if anything, that manufacturing facility is going to have the ability to manufacture more jewelry domestically than is currently being provided. Um, but we will not change because it's ISO certified. We've manufactured everything from the beginning and we're, we're making massive investments to increase the size and capacity of that uh, facility. For um, the people that aren't aware, can you yeah. give like a short explanation of what ISO compliance means? It's a European standard of manufacturing with lots of rigorous checks and balances, requirements for frequency of checking machines, QC, tracking a lot from melt to out-the-door shipped product in track batches. Um, so it's it was really valuable when they were doing um, when they were doing the dental implants mm -hmm. or the dent the dental parts because um, it, it's pretty much a requirement if you're making anything for the for the medical medical dental industry. Mm -hmm. And they I decided to keep that as just a standard to hold themselves to a check and balance so that their their machinists don't invent a reason to cut a corner sure so it's it's a good it's a good control for quality control it's a good quality control measure yeah yeah and um as far as material because so many piercers are, are focused on material um any any plans on changes to any of your material the sourcing the melts uh any of nope. any of the controls there it will it will continue to be a u.s melt for anything sold under the neometal brand any additional jewelry that we design we will be doing by me now that i'll actually have some time well once i get through this week um hopefully once i have some time to to actually sit down and design some of this stuff and, and get it worked into the schedule for the machines. Um, and that'll come with the support that I'm getting from these other founders and their, like HR, for instance. Um, I've been the HR director for the company for the last, I think, four years. It's the least favorite thing that, <laughs> that I do here. And, and I'm not the expert. 
And there are people within our partnership now that excel and love that role. And I'm excited to get their assistance with all of the all of the things that 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 happen when running a company of this size. Um, but yeah, just I'm looking forward to having more time to get more stuff to my clients. Well, you know, when when I first heard about the partnership, I I probably had this a similar gut reaction to a lot of other people that are kind of exploding on the internet right now where mm -hmm. it's okay um neo metal's not going to be making their own jewelry they're going to farm it out to uh somebody overseas or somebody it's going to be changing it's going to be changing but really everything that i'm hearing you describe is more logistical support back-end support and that there's going to be very little that's actually changed with the actual product the actual body jewelry is going to remain the same it's just going to be managed differently yeah, so I mean, I can I can get where maybe some people are apprehensive to um, maybe send their money to companies that they wouldn't normally send their money to if that's an association through a partnership. So I'm sure that that's something that you'll have to kind of just clarify and educate people towards, you know, in the future. But uh, I, I think when it comes down to the the most important question for me as a as a body piercer who's very picky about his product is like. Is there going to be a change to the actual jewelry that I'm installing in actual clients? You know, because so many people um, look to my studio and, and other studios. Like it's it's our reputation on the line when we're when we're putting this jewelry in people. So if you're maintaining uh, that that uh, high standard of manufacture, of quality control, of source materials, of gems and gem setting, and and the actual manufacturer of the jewelry, uh, I don't I don't really think that freaking out about some of the back-end logistical stuff that's just going to make it easier to get that jewelry is is um is efficient is an efficient use of my time because uh, mm. like you know you're not telling me i can't get the jewelry or that the jewelry is going to be different you're just kind of telling me that the jewelry sale portion is going to be managed a little bit differently with lo different logistical support mm. no yeah. the jewelry where it's made who designs it who ships it the products used to source it, none of that is going to change. Absolutely nothing is going to change. Getting it out faster, getting more of it out, more variety, more gem colors, um, and just having the time to put something on Facebook other than a April Fool's joke and a weather delay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, we're just we're underserving so many of our clients by a lot of people probably don't even know that we have five millimeter prong set gems because we announced it once in a catalog. And if you didn't go to APP in Vegas and, or, um, or the UK conference that I went to this year, you probably don't know about it. You might not have even seen it. Uh, to be so, fair, I didn't know you had five millimeter gems. So there's, yeah. That is hilarious because I thought maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's a, uh, Wow, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, we have five millimeter prong set, and we have five millimeter cabochons now. Okay, well yeah. now I know. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're about to launch some more stuff, which I look forward to being able to share. Um, so yeah, that's great. Lots of um, stuff. I'm I'm working on a ton of stuff, and this this has actually opened up a relationship with our manufacturing facility that I really never had before. Um, mm -hmm. it was managed by, it was managed by somebody who just knew what they were doing. And I just tried to get them POs consistently enough and kind of worked in a vacuum. And, and at times when I wanted to, to push something else or work on a different design, never really sure, like, well, do I go through this, this gatekeeper and, um, and we have some new operations managers down there that are passionate about design and wanting to make the jewelry better, more efficiently, um, less in the run times, which is, you know, shrinking the lead time to the, to the consumer. Um, but I'm working a lot closer now with our machinists. Um, I know a lot more about the limitations of machining in general. So I'm not going to design the stupid thing first. I actually have enough 
enough expertise to be somewhat dangerous. Um, but yeah, I've got the support on their end. So we're working on some pretty cool stuff. That's great. A lot That's of great. which you guys have been asking for for a long time. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to give it to you. What about those threadless circular barbell shafts? Do you think that's going to ever be a reality, or do you think there are limitations with the design? Well, your limitations with the design are that you have to bend it after you machine it straight. Okay. Um, with threadless technology and a long stem and, a, and an instantly curved hole, um, there are some design challenges, and um, we are... I've, I've been working on that stuff for over a year, um, but I, I hope to be able to get some circulars on the market soon because I have noticed that that little dot in the average, um, the average restaurant worker's nose is quickly becoming a hoop, sure. and I don't have hoops, um, so not a huge... Not a huge surprise, but you guys have been asking for it for a long time. So yes, I, I harassed Mark about that for years. So, yeah. Yeah. so you've probably been asking for at least seven years, something like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially now, you know, like uh, doth piercings, date piercings, septum piercings being so hot right now. You know, a mm -hmm. threadless circular mm -hmm. barbell that's just going to be a license to print money. Yep. We're working uh, on it. So something I wanted to, it just kind of sparked in my mind is I, ha I had this conversation with uh, AJ Goldman years ago on, on the show. Mm -hmm. And it was when wait times were just starting to hit around three or four months and the industry didn't know how to handle that. And the conversation we had was basically saying, okay, well, we need to get these companies who might not be making the, the material quality of product that is ideal, but they have the logistics figured out. They know how to crank this stuff out. They know how to distribute it worldwide. And if those companies got into the high-end body jewelry game, you know, that would be the real game changer because then they're going to they're gonna change the whole logistical back-end side of it. So I, I do see some, some wisdom in partnering somebody who has all that logistical know-how with someone who has all that technical engineering high quality jewelry know-how and, and putting those two together. I, I kind of see that as, as uh, something to, to look forward to rather than something to be terrified of. I'm hoping to use our forces for good. Um, I will, I will always champion quality um, with my time working with the APP in the body modification learning forum. I'm totally indoctrinated, like <laughs> indoctrinated. I, <laughs> I, I would never, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm having enough of an inter of an exchange with AJ, uh, right now, uh, defending this, uh, defending this decision, uh, that we've made. Um, but in terms of quality, I would never put, I would never do anything different with a neo metal name to compromise quality. Yeah. And one of the best things about this partnership is we also, we in we're operating independently and we are open to the growth opportunities and the exchange of information when it benefits the greater good of the company. Um, we all have strengths and we're hoping to leverage all those strengths to make all of the companies better. And I fully intend to use my focus on quality and championing the best materials so that your customers have a safer experience, that is going to constantly be my priority. But at the same time, these companies are acting and operating independently. And my influence, you know, I'm not going to start putting lines in sand. Um, so I guess that's the good and the bad of it. Um, they're going to respect us and allow us to continue operating our business the way we've always done it. But we're also going to return the favor. Um, but I, I think there are opportunities for growth for both. Um, so, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they, they pan out. 
you know, if you can create that positive influence for someone else, if they can kind of help you with logistical problems and headaches, you know, the, mm-hmm. that can be a win-win. Um, you know, if there are negative, obviously I have negative thoughts in my mind or potential for negative thoughts. Um, but I, I think that the internet is going to be good enough about sharing negativity. So I don't, I don't really need to be that voice. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I would rather be the voice of, of optimism and just try to have people step back instead of that emotional response of like, well, I don't order jewelry from this company. I order jewelry from your company. Uh, so now maybe some of my money is going to that other company. Uh, try not to look at it that way. Try to look at it as this company that you're ordering from is going to be a stronger company and they're going to be able to be a positive influence on these other companies and maybe help them uh, have some innovations and have some some Im- improvements in the, the quality of, of those companies and their products also. So it's definitely going to be a symbiotic relationship. I'm definitely going to guess that there'll be growing pains, significant growing pains. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the jewelry is still going to be the jewelry. It's still going to be neo-metal. It's not going to be, uh, you know, asterisk neo-metal. It's not yeah. going to be like, you know, there's mm-hmm. the neo-metal line and then there's the whatever metal line that's going to be like snuck through from mm-hmm. like a factory in China or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So anybody out there who's having that emotional reaction that, t- to be honest, I had that same emotional reaction uh, the first time I heard it. Uh, give it a little bit of time and ask questions. I'm sure your company is is open to to answering questions. I mean, any any quality company will be. Um, so if if you as a consumer out there, a, a piercer, a shop owner, a jewelry buyer, um, even a, a customer, an end user, um, ask the questions and and get the reassurance that you need to uh, continue supporting companies like this because it's those companies that support us. Yeah, and it's probably not the last time that people will be frustrated or or voicing concerns. Another thing that I've been communicating is with with our exposure now to the tattoo market through FK Irons and World Famous, I'm actually looking forward to going to tattoo expos. Not selling to the end consumer, but having access to artists and shop owners and teaching them about implant grade titanium body jewelry and showing them what we offer. Um, Getting people set up with wholesale accounts because I still, I will not sell to end consumers directly from Neometal. And I, I don't intend the painful pleasures to start selling our jewelry direct to, um, to end users, people off the street. Um, Mm -hmm. I see immense value and I'd be an idiot to undermine the re- the business model that I have and the relationship that I have with all my clients. Um, if I undercut their ability to operate and to survive as a business, that's suicide. Um, sure, yeah, absolutely. I, I would never do that. Um, Which I appreciate so. because, like, to be to be honest, you know, if this was a partnership where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. now we're just going to have basically like an end user retail website with all of our stuff and we're having to compete against that, that's, that's going to be like a huge slap in the face to the industry. So if you're not doing that, I can definitely respect that decision because it's the, it's the wholesale shop clients that I'm sure keep your, keep your business afloat. And you know, you keep us afloat by providing us with jewelry to, to, to install on our clients. Um, so I, yeah, I, I would see it as a, a pretty bad idea if you wanted to kind of, skirt around studios and go straight to the end user. So I definitely mm-hmm. appreciate that decision. Another thing I'd like to work toward that is going to benefit my brick and mortar um, customers is to establish a minimum advertised price. Mm-hmm. Now coming to what that would be, there's going to be some discussion, but a lot of our customers have been frustrated with us for a long time by having our stuff offered on e-commerce only platforms. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I have to name any names. Um, but at the same time, some of those companies were the first people that supported Neo Metal when Sue was first starting to make those relationships. And we don't, we don't entertain those offers anymore. We do require people to have intimate knowledge of our jewelry by putting it in their customers themselves. Mm-hmm. And with the knowledge of that, if they want to have an e-commerce presence, then that's fine. But we require them to have sterilization equipment and just the 
the knowledge of how our stuff works mm-hmm. and the benefit of it. Um, so yeah, I am, um, but I would like to establish a minimum of advertised price so that the, the end user who has access to these comp- companies, which do provide a service for people who are way out in the boondocks, who just might have a healed piercing and they want to swap it out, but don't want to make that two and a half hour drive to the local shop. They got it at. Sure. Um, so, but if we were to establish a minimum, ad- a minimum advertised price, um, that is going to raise their prices. The people that come into your shop that say, well, why would you charge me that much? Cause I can just get it from this side online. Right. Um, their ability to, you know, disclose this super undercut price that puts you in a position of saying, well, I guess you kind of have to do that then or have to, you know, it doesn't, it's not too much of a challenge for you guys to be able to say, well, we have a value added service here. And if you're confident enough by making that decision on your own without the support, then you're more than welcome to do that. But, I think if your prices are a little closer, you're not going to have to have those convincing arguments as much, and you can focus more on getting the jewelry in your client, right? And making yeah, them because happy. if if a website can sell something for five dollars cheaper because they're not sterilizing it and installing it and training their piercers and doing all the things that studios do, uh, <sighs> Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating in a situation like that. So if there is something where it's like, okay, everybody who orders this jewelry needs to understand that you can't advertise it for less than this price, then that definitely gives an advantage back to those brick-and-mortar studios of saying, uh, yeah, we charge the same that they charge, but we'll sterilize it, we'll install it, we have expert staff and, and all that stuff. So that's that's also appreciated. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be a push for me. And, and I have... <clears throat> I have support within the body art alliance with people who know that, oh, yeah, well, this is how you implement a change like that. And do I have to police it? Well, you know, your your clients are going to do a pretty good job alerting that stuff to you. Yeah. Um, but once it's set, a lot of a lot of those clients that are that their their hands are forced if they want to maintain a relationship with us. Um, it's in their best interest because everybody ends up making more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's good that you, that you weigh all this stuff. Um, if it, there are some people that might just kind of be like, oh yeah, cool. They're, they're going to take some of the workload off of me and then I can just go to the beach more often or something. But, um, to really like hear your thought process and how much care and, uh, and time you've put into to making these decisions, it makes sense, you know? Uh, and just like you said, it is time to let people who have started these companies retire and kind of pass it off to the next generation. And if that means that they have to start paying more attention to modern logistics and the, the different strengths that different companies can help offer them with partnerships, then I don't, I don't really see the harm in, in that, but you know, don't go, don't go do anything sneaky on us. I'm not planning on it. I'm I appreciate that. planning on, not sleeping much and in that time i hopefully will uh come up with all the answers um, but in the meantime <laughs> i'm just trying to tri- triage them as fast as i can um online because today is a uh, it's it's both exciting and really exciting <laughs> yeah i'm sure um, yeah and it, excitement can take multiple faces um mm-hmm. so but at the same time i totally get it uh, yeah, when I well, first saw that, when I first saw that name, I uh, I had a very similar reaction. Yeah. Um, but I've I've since gotten to become very close uh, to the to the founder of Painful Pleasures and and his extended family that is playing a huge influential part within that organization that I'm benefiting from. Um, so. It's, you know, I like to think that they're good people and that they do offer a valuable service. Not everybody's going to agree with that. And in the future, hopefully that service is more valuable and of a higher caliber. 
And is it better to have that or not have that? Right. Because I don't think they're going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At this point, I don't want them to go anywhere. I would, I would like them to succeed just as they would like me to succeed. And we're going to support each other in our success. But I can have an influence as I think success can be drawn from these products instead of these products. Mm-hmm. And based on our experience in that market, I think we can make it pencil out. And then I don't have to convince anybody. It's just the, you know, the numbers show, <laughs> the numbers show for themselves. <laughs> All right. Well, and we are um, having those conversations. This is not, um, you know, the owner of painful pleasures, he, he understands and we were definitely anticipating this reaction. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and he has talked to um, Brian Skelly in the past. And um, I actually, I, I spoke with Brian Skelly before this came out, just to give him a heads up, um, kind of, you know, <laughs> thank him for the good memories and wish me luck. Um, but... You know, it, it did come up. This uh, this focus of quality uh, did definitely come up, and you know, hopefully, we can have more of these conversations in the future, and uh, and wrap in um, all the people within this partnership when it comes to um, how we move the needle in terms of quality. But no I see it going up. Yeah, that's cool. No, the need- oh God, I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I certainly look forward to uh, the next time I see you at conference where you can tell me all about how you're personally responsible for ruining the industry. <laughs> I, uh, I I look forward to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, I really appreciate you taking the time, John, especially on uh, you know a, a, a stressful day, I'm sure, and especially on a, a really busy time for, for your company and uh, your family and all that stuff. So I, I appreciate you taking the time for me. Well, and I, I really appreciate it, and the, the timing is, is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, this has been long overdue, and I, I hope to do it again in the future. This is fun. Yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a Neo Metal Part 2 when you have those uh, circular barbell shafts, and we can talk about how you, <laughs> how you sorted out all the problems. I will, but not to the extent of, uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's a, yeah, it's, it's a challenge, no, but it's I, fun. I get it. I get it. I mean, if it, if it was easy, it would have been done already. But I've got a partner now on the inside to, to nerd out with these challenges. And um, somebody in the Norsco and that is uh, really excited. So, uh, yeah, you'll awesome. be hearing from us soon. I look forward to that. Uh, so one more time for the people listening. What's, uh, what's the website? What's the social media? How would they look into the company if they're interested in carrying it? Well, you can always go to Google and search for Neo Metal Body Jewelry. Um, if you just search for Neo Metal, you're going to get a lot of uh, Scandinavian um, people with uh, <laughs> all black attire having their photos taken on <laughs> a uh, on a snowy backdrop. Right. Um, but yeah, we can you can be found. We're found at Facebook. Um, it's Neo Metal Body Jewelry. Could be Neo Metal Titanium Body Jewelry. I'm. I, I know that Amber's eyes are rolling right now because <laughs> this is definitely your her department. You're fired. Um, I just, you know, I keep people fed. <laughs> I keep people fed and toilets plunged. I, uh, I'm really operations these days, but, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely very much vested in, and, uh, taking us to the next, to the next level. Great. Well, I appreciate it. And hopefully, uh, I'll see you at that next level. Oh, and Amber is also going to want me to say we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and probably something else. But she'll let me know. Yik Yak, or whatever no. whatever the kids are using these days. Tinder. <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> uh, just swipe right. both ways. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. Uh, get back to work. I'm sure you have plenty of emails waiting for you. I sure do. Thanks for the time. All right, thank you. All right, bye. Bye. 
All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate you tuning in, especially if this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, I have to admit, I was really anxious going into this episode being published. I was really nervous about uh, backlash. You know, I saw how many people were passionate in their response to, to the announcement, how many people were upset by that announcement. When I, when I put this stuff out there, I'm doing it because I care about the industry. Uh, if you want any more information from NeoMetal, I would suggest you give them a call, you give them an email. But when you do that, try not to forget the other 70 people working on the other side of that line. Making the jewelry, quality control, polish and packaging. The, the people who have been supporting the APP and supporting the industry for years through raffle donations and different sponsorships and, and scholarships. Uh, and I wish Sue and Ted all the best in their retirement. Uh, if you want any more information about the show, you can go to piercingwizardpodcast.com. You can follow the show on Instagram, follow the show on Facebook. I've got about 150 episodes that I've put out for free. A lot of hard work goes into the show. Uh, a lot of guests taking time out of their busy lives to uh, to talk about the thing that we all love, and that's body piercing. So I uh, appreciate you listening, and I'll be back next week with another episode for you. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.